Good morning, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Greg. Are we live? I think so, for the time being. <laughs> uh, for, the, for the next five minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listen, just, just uh, yeah, this is uh, broadcast number five of the morning. I'm going to try not to mention anything that might get you booted off oh of the live goodness. stream. Well, you know, I think it's a comedy of errors. You know, I I, I mentioned some things. I, I, I said some buzzwords, you, you know, because that's what I do. And then, uh, you know, I also updated the, the Wirecast this morning, too. And I think it's uh, I think it's gone a little high, haywire. Note to self, don't do the update before the broadcast. Do the update after the broadcast. <sighs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? <clears throat> Uh, even though it's Monday, there's still a whole lot of winning going on. Heck yeah, man. There is just right for winning. So what happened in Tampa this weekend? Oh, man. Tampa, it, it, listen, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. I personally, honestly, I think it was better. You know, we thought we were going to get and talk to the American people. We thought we were going to be able to interview everybody in the crowd. There's 10,000 patriots there. Didn't get to do any of that, but God definitely showed up in the media room and uh, and blessed us there. But one of the things, Dave, and and I and I texted you from the event too. Just the little bit of time that I spent there on Thursday, I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said that they love what we're doing on Mondays. They absolutely are loving Medic Monday. They love the chemistry between us, and uh, really? you know, it, it was it was amazing. That's uh, that's good to hear. Uh, I have been getting good feedback uh, on, on my website. Um, what, after we do our show, I then edit it down, post it on the website, and I'm getting tons of positive feedback on my website from uh, people who are just loving the Medic Mondays, loving the, you know, the chemistry, the, the news and information that they're getting. So I am happy that people are happy and that it's, it's helping, uh, helping our audience. Uh, that's I love doing it. I, I do too. I, love hanging out. I just love hanging out with you and talking, you know, what's going on, you know, uh, talk a little Jesus, talk a little politics. Um, yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun for me. And, and obviously people are uh, liking it too. So yeah. I say we continue with Medic Monday. I do too. Uh, if you agree in the chat, throw some 17s. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's a couple of buds, you know, just hanging out, talking about God and country. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, it's what it is. Uh, so um, I, I, I caught a little bit of General Flynn uh, from Tampa on, I, was it Friday night, I think? Yeah, um, Friday. And he's he's banging the drum that we need to be involved. We need to uh, take action, uh, whether it's at the school board level or running for, you know, getting on a precinct committee. Uh, or, you know, running for mayor, running for other elected offices. Um, that's the thing that is going to get our country back. You and I have been talking about this for a long time. Yep. Uh, it's, it's not time to sit on our butts and pray that the white hats are going to save us. This is a, this is a really good time for people to take action. And uh, I listened to an interview yesterday uh, and I listened to a gentleman who, who encapsulated a really good thought 
we should all spend a few time, a few minutes meditating on. And that is, you know, when you see these people confronting their school boards and you see these people confronting the health department when they come in and try to lock down your business because you're violating COVID restrictions. And one person stands up and says, you know what? You need to leave this property because you're trespassing and we're not going to listen to you. We're not going to obey you anymore. Mm-hmm. And all the, the people who are like shrinking back and in fear of, of, uh, of the authorities, all of a sudden, they look at that one person who stands up and pushes back and says, you know what? Yeah, he's right. You don't belong here. Get out of this place. And this, this guy made this observation that uh, courage begets courage and cowardice begets cowardice. Amen. And when one person stands up and pushes back, it emboldens a crowd of people to push back with them. And I think that's what we need to be doing right now. In addition to, uh, you know, getting, getting on, uh, you know, whether it's, like I said, getting elected to the school board, getting uh, elected to mayor, or we're just showing up at the school board meetings and letting them know we're not going to take this critical race theory crap anymore. Amen. Uh, we're not we're not buying into your mar- socialism, your 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 Marxism, uh, and if you don't like that, we'll replace you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that's it, it's happening. It's it's caught on. It's it's going nationwide. Like some of the interviews that we did, uh, where like we had the uh, the mama bears out there. We had another couple. I can't think of the name right now, but uh, Miguel Forney is probably in the chat. He could tell me. But, you know, it was just regular people. You know, they were just moms and dads, and, and they stood up, and they took back their school board. They went into their schools, and, and, they, and they really stood up, you know, because they're like, look, we're just American citizens. We're just, we're just parents out here. We want the best thing for our kids, and we're not, we're not taking this anymore. We're not doing it. And, and, and those were, I think, to me, the most amazing interviews. And, and like, the thing, yeah. actually, that we set out to want to see is, you know, the American people, we the people – standing up and taking it back and and whether we, it was the two moms from mama bears that we were talking to or the the couple of billionaires that we talked to uh you know everybody was saying the same thing and like you said about general flynn it's time for the american people to realize the power that we have in our voices and stand up and take it back yep and there's a um there's a very compelling reason why patriots need to stand up and push back right now. And that is um, what's going on with the FBI and the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, The surveillance state that we've been living under since 9-11, where they increased their ability uh, and their authority for surveillance uh, and targeting is is getting worse. Under, Under Biden under Merrick Garland at the Department of Justice, they are taking this opportunity to increase their persecution, harassment, and their marginalization of their political opponents. That's what they're doing. The whole January 1st insurrection narrative, as we're finding out now, was likely an FBI operation. Yeah. Uh, and, and they had a purpose for it. Uh, if you go back, you know, to between 2008 and 2016 and look at the things that the Obama administration did, weaponizing the IRS, weaponizing the FBI, 
against political opponents. That is Obama's calling card. It's weaponizing the federal government against political opponents. Yeah. And they put that on steroids under Biden. Uh, they created this false flag on January 6th. We now know that there were federal agents in there who were inciting and uh, inspiring and leading people to you know, try to violate the law, to try to be violent. And, and it's interesting because a lot of the, um, the Trump supporters and patriots, they were there saying, no, no, we're not going to do that. It's, we're not going to break the law. We're, we're, we're peaceful. Yeah. And you had these, you had these damn federal agents uh, provoking people, trying to get them to break the law. And as I've been reading some articles uh, over the weekend and learning that the FBI has a long history of infiltrating patriotic uh, groups and movements and trying to incite them to, uh, to acts of violence and then, uh, and then taking credit for busting uh, the ring and, and, and catching them in the act of, or, or arresting them before they do the act of violence. But the FBI is the one that has, has actually inciting it, in some cases, masterminding it. And it's all to serve a political agenda. They have certain groups of people that they want to target, that they want to paint as uh, dangerous, as threats to national security. Right now, it's you know, Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, it's, it's conservative uh, patriot groups. And the, the, F the FBI's antics are being exposed. Yeah. Um, and we need to be vocal about that. We need to be on social media pointing out to people the facts of, you know, all the false flags and operations that the FBI, the CIA and the Department of Justice have run in the past and how they are falsely portraying us as, you know, uh, threats to national security. The, the tired label, you know, again, another calling card of Obama, calling us all uh, racists and white nationalists. Yeah. Um, the, the race baiter in chief is pulling the strings again. And every single play from his playbook is being rolled out under Biden. Mm -hmm. So we need to be very vigilant and we need to be um, active on social media and we need to let people know what's really happening with this demonization of patriotism, which yeah. is which is what the Department of Justice is doing right now. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's kind of like, that was kind of like what we wanted to capture, you know, going there and, you know, we didn't want to talk to the speakers so much or, you know, we're even there for them. We want to talk to the American people because it's like, they've painted us like, Oh, you're a white supremacist. Oh, you're a domestic terrorist. Larry Norris introduced himself as a, as a white supremacist to somebody this weekend. I was cracking up. But you know, we wanted we wanted to show people, and I, and I think this is why it's so important for us to to make sure that we're in the crowded events and and really really capture that American spirit because we're patriots. We we love our families, we love our dogs, we love our God. We we just want good things for our kids and our families. And you know, they 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 totally project on us everything that they're doing, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Now. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I, I didn't get to like personally attend the event and, and I haven't really seen any news coverage of it. But if we're really these evil white supremacist domestic terrorists, shouldn't it have been like SWAT teams and and like like burn the whole place down and all this kind of stuff going on? And and let me tell you, the little bit of time that I spent at the event, it was like a love fest. It was like a huge family reunion 
of everybody getting together, everybody, you know, in their in their gear, their flags, their their smiles on people's faces. You know, I mean, it it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Totally not what you would think at a at a freaking clan rally. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that the government is portraying it as a violent insurrection and uh, an attempt to overthrow the government by a bunch of armed, militant, angry uh, insurrectionists. Yeah. The only problem is nobody brought any weapons with them. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're going to try to take over the government and nobody, nobody brought any guns with them, really? Yeah. Like, oh, I, I thought you were going to bring the shotgun. I thought you were going to bring the AR. Oh, man, I forgot. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, how do you have an armed insurrection when nobody's got any weapons? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I printed out the, Yeah, I printed out the program for January uh, for that whole thing, January 5th through the 6th. You know, I, I printed out the thing. I, I decided not to go. I was just going to broadcast from here. I was trying to bring Larry in and, and Julie Lavender and uh and the whole program was like 12 pages of, of, of prayer meetings and vigils, a March of Jericho, you know, uh, the shofar right. blowing, you know, all these things, worship, you know, it was all these things. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they started painting this narrative like they're, we're terrorists, we're like we're, we're storming the Capitol and all this stuff. And I'm watching from home with Jen and the kids and I'm like, that's Antifa. That's, that's freaking right. Antifa. You know, it was a small group. Like, like I want you people to really think, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but those are the, the maybe you're watching at home or maybe, like, haven't thought about this before. But, like, if there's people from the White House to the Capitol, I mean, and it was solid with people. If we had shown up with ill will in our hearts and minds, it would have happened. We could have knocked that building off of its platform. You know, if everybody pushed in from the White House to the Capitol, it was just a handful of people. And, and they can't help themselves but to arm themselves in their gear and everything. But if we were really domestic terrorists, then it would have been a totally, totally different scene that day. Yep. Yeah, exactly. If, if Trump supporters intended to do violence to overthrow the government and to you know do all the things that, that the media says they try to do they would have done it they would have brought guns they would have taken hostages they would have you know probably burnt the freaking capitol building to the ground right um but none of that happened if you take out the antifa and the black lives matter activists there was pretty much really other than some you know some punches thrown by some agitators who got pissed off there really wasn't any violence at all in the entire uh, event, um, no. and and I would argue that a lot of that was was again instigated by the agitators from Black Lives Matter and Antifa who infiltrated and, and the federal agents who were there trying to provoke people to to take violent action. You remove all of those people, and it's just a big peaceful protest of, yeah. of patriots. So it's it's a little insane. Uh, how the FBI and Department of Justice are trying to, to paint this. But like I said, we, we need to be vigilant. We need to be aware and we need to be loud because the DOJ is going <clears> to <throat> try to go forward with this prosecution of these people where, you know, some of them are being incarcerated in, with, uh, in solitary confinement and they haven't even been tried yet. And they're, they got these people in solitary confinement. The, the, the Nazi superstate rose to power largely because Hitler was able to pull off a false flag event, the Reichstag fire, 
uh, which allowed him to portray his enemies as enemies of the state and threats to the, the interest of, of the country. He then imprisoned uh, and tortured and marginalized uh, everyone who opposed him. And in a very short period of time, in about a year, he had wiped out all of his political opposition through a false flag event. The other thing that he did, and this is in Obama's playbook, was he subverted local law enforcement. He weakened and subverted local city and county law enforcement uh, and weakened them to the point where they were so ineffective, uh, they essentially quit their jobs. And then he brought in his own federal police force, the SS, right? He knew that if he, if he could undermine and weaken local law enforcement, he could bring in his own national law enforcement arm, which would then just demolish his political opponents uh, and, and push his agenda. It's exactly what Obama and Biden are doing. Yeah. Why do you think all of these mayors and all these political activists are, have been screeching about defunding the police for the last, for the last year? Why do you think police force uh, around the country, so Seattle, Portland, you have all kinds of uh, uniformed officers that are quitting, leaving their jobs, getting out of the business because they have no support from City Hall, no support from their mayors. They have turned the citizens against them. And they're, you're, you're watching Minneapolis and other cities, cops are leaving by the hundreds. Yep. That is exactly what Obama and Biden want. They want to demolish local law enforcement so they can bring in federal law enforcement, uh, AKA a bigger, yep. badder FBI, and they can do law enforcement on their terms. They can then lock up and oppress their, their opponents. They can investigate their opponents. They can uh, uh, throw them in jail. And that is ex that's what they're trying to do. They're, if you look at what Hitler did in the 30s in Germany, Obama and Biden are doing the, trying to do the exact same thing today. Yeah. And uh, we need to be, like I said, we need to be very vigilant and aware of what they're trying to do. There's a reason why they're undermining local law enforcement. It's mm -hmm. because they want to federalize uh, as much law enforcement as they can and put it under their authority. Local cops, uh, city police, county cops are accountable to the people of their city, to the people of their county. All right. But federal agents are accountable to the federal government. They're not accountable to local uh, powers. And if you allow federal cops to come in and take over, usurp the roles and responsibilities of local law enforcement, you essentially have uh, the secret police of the 1930s in Germany. Oh, yeah. For and sure. we can't we can't let that happen. We have to wake people up and let them know, look, uh, and, and they started it with race wars. They started this narrative that law enforcement, the, the reason why critical race theory is so important is that critical race theory underpins all of their political agendas. They are trying to convince the country that racism is the underlying theme that undergirds everything about America. That every 
vital part of America, the institutions of America are built on racism, right? And, and law enforcement is oppressive and cops kill uh, minorities without cause because America is inherently racist. Therefore, we need to get rid of law enforcement. We need to get rid of all these institutions that are inherently racist. And critical race theory is the theory that underpins all of that. That's why they're pushing it in the schools. And that's why pe students or uh, parents are pushing back against it. People are finally waking up to the fact that this whole critical race theory thing has, has infiltrated our, our country and it's infiltrated you know, institutions of higher education. It's also the thing that is driving this, uh, this Marxist march that Obama and Biden have been on for the last you know, 12 or 13 years. I saw a great meme this morning, you know, about uh, critical race theory. Here you go. Check this out. Critical race theory explained. Brown bear, black bear, racist bear. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, um, it's just ironic as heck. The people don't see that critical race theory is one of the most overtly racist ideologies out there. Uh, you know, it, it is it is as racist as white supremacy, because yeah. what it what it does is it focuses on race as the issue. White supremacists focus on race as the main issue of culture. Critical race theory does the same thing. It it asserts that uh, we're all racist. We're born that way. And that we have to put in place and in, in society uh, safeguards against our inherent racism. And you're rather than it's, it's so ironic because, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, I want to be known by the character, right? People should be known by that, by their character, not by the color of their skin. Yeah. And what critical race theory does is it always focuses on the color of your skin and it focuses on nothing else. It does not focus on character. It doesn't focus on your uniqueness, your abilities, your talents, your gifts. It only, the only thing that's important in critical race theory is the color of your skin. Yeah. Everything else is irrelevant. It's, it's, it's overtly racist. And th this is why shareholders from Coca-Cola wrote to the board, to, to the CEO and said, look, you have to understand what you're doing here. Coca-Cola, um, instituted the CEO instituted a new policy for hiring attorneys, private, private attorneys, and there are race quotas, right? So within certain, uh, categories, uh, within the hiring of attorneys for the company, they have to hire at least 30% blacks and they have to hire at least the X number of minorities in this group and this group. And what the shareholders told the CEO was your policy, your woke policy that is supposed to um, fight racism is actually racist and it's violating civil rights laws. You can't do that. You can't set quotas for racial hiring because it's you're again, you're focusing exclusively on racism, not the cut, not people's character, not their qualifications, not their ability, 
you're focusing only on, are you black? Are you brown? Are you white? If you're white, we're not going to hire you. No. If you're, you know, some minority, then we'll hire you. It's it, again, it's, just, it, it's, it's it, right. The whole thing is intended to cause more division mm-hmm. and more focus on race. So that's, uh, that's my soapbox. I'm going to step down from my soapbox for a minute. Uh, they, they, just things I've been thinking about over the weekend that, uh, I think we, we need to, we need to take a, uh, a little time and, and think about what's really happening in America. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I I, I don't I don't want to leave this without saying you know, it, right. we we got to. He's so he's so right. I mean, we got to speak out against this because, you know, as as a whole, are there knuckleheads in the world? Yeah, there's knuckleheads in the world. But personally, I my mother did a lot of things, man. But my mama didn't raise a racist. Okay. And, and, you know, I think for the most part, you know, and I'm not even allowed to speak this. I, I can hear my wife in my head right now. Oh, you don't understand because you're not a black man. And it's like, I think it's such BS because you can't even, you can't, not that I need to defend myself against it, but you can't even speak out against it because the division is still there too. Like, I don't have right. the right to say that this is wrong because because of the color of my skin. It's completely, it's just bogus in every single way. So I think our actions, I think uh, making sure that we we speak out about it, make sure that we speak out to our school boards, um, to every place that we can to get rid of this critical race theory, and to let the American people know, like we're we're not a racist country. That you, I loved what you said too about Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you know, it is the content of our character, not the color of our skin. You know, I don't I don't care what shade you are. If you're a douchebag, then I'm not going to like you. And I don't want anything to do with you. But if you're just a I don't I don't see it like that. And you, oh, God, Greg, you don't even know how racist you are when you say that. I, I see people as people. I I love people. You know, it's never been about that for me. And, you know, it's very frustrating that, you know, as a white man, I, I can't say that, you know. It's, so we need to keep speaking up and we need to keep saying that this is wrong. It's it's totally wrong. It's a narrative. It doesn't just like just like they try to label us as white supremacists, uh, you know, domestic terrorists, you know, all this stuff. We we need to speak out and say that this is wrong. All valid points. It, it's it's sad that people like us can't even really in some uh, in some people's minds. We're not allowed to weigh in on the issue because we're white and because therefore of the color opinion, of our skin because of the color of your skin your opinion doesn't matter <laughs> how is that not racist wait a minute if i told if i told some black dude or some mexican your opinion doesn't matter because of the color of your skin that's racist but if they someone says it to me that's not racist <laughs> it's really, ridiculousness but they Crazy. own the they own the media they own google they own they own education. I mean, they own it all. Everywhere that people get their their messages, like like I can't even watch this show. Like Jen and I, we picked a show. Like we watch, we like to watch shows. But I've been talking about it for like the last week because you know they started bringing in in Fauci. They started bringing in the mask and watching the confusion even on the show. Like when the proper time is to wear a mask and if they work or not. But then they brought in you know George Floyd. And, you know, the whole episode was just about racism in America and how terrible it is. And and, you know, like all this stuff. And it's like, I don't I don't see this, you know, when I'm going out around around people. I don't see it in the country. You know, I'm not a black man or anything, but it's not the America that I know. You know, it's a narrative that I can pick up pretty easily now. 
but you know they push it from every single angle so you know the the people that aren't really looking into things or researching or, or thinking for themselves they're like oh we're freaking america that's the most racist place in the world you know but they like everywhere that they go they have this message and they just keep pumping it out and pumping it out and pumping yeah. it out and pumping <clears throat> it out and, and until it becomes fact but it's still fiction so that's why we got to use our voices we got to use the platforms even the ones we don't like but we got to be getting that message out there and just totally counteract that narrative in every single way the the fight is on the push is on we need to speak up it's we the people in every single way, whether we're taking back the school board or we're speaking out against racism and critical race theory, it's us. It's us. Yep. Every voice matters. Yep. It's uh, I, I live in uh, in the Phoenix area, and it's interesting. There's an interesting dynamic here uh, in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, Phoenix area, Arizona in general, has a lot of uh, Latino a lot of Mexican uh, immigrants, a lot of the labor here, uh, labor force in the valley is in Mexican immigrants. Um, whether it's you know working out in the fields or building homes or the guys who cut our palm trees, we <laughs> live in this neighborhood where there's palm trees, and these dudes come out. And most of the most of the uh, landscaping crews, almost all of them are Mexicans. The construction crews are Mexicans. Um, and the funny thing is, like, the the white people here in the valley really love uh, the Mexican population in, in this area because I think part of it is because they do work that is really, really difficult, and they seem to just let, enjoy doing it. Like, you watch these guys. We have this palm tree near our house that's, like, 60 feet high, and these, and there's a whole bunch of them in our neighborhood. And these dudes come out there with these chainsaws and these lineman spikes and they fire up a chainsaw, go to the top of this tree and they're cut, trimming the tree with a chainsaw uh, 60 feet off the ground, hanging from a little belt. And I mean, I used to do some crazy stuff when I was younger. I used to do rock climbing and stuff, but I would never take a, a, a running chainsaw up to the top of a tree and start <laughs> no, cutting you. limbs off of it. <laughs> but these guys are like, they, they have no problem doing this stuff. These guys work so freaking hard in, in everything they do. They have a great work ethic. Uh, they're good people. They're they're kind. They're polite. Um, and the funny thing is, in this in this area, um, there isn't a lot of. I, I don't see it anyway. I don't see hatred, violence, or any kind of hostility toward Mexicans. And there's like, there's Mexicans everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the whites and the Mexicans would get, get along great. This, uh, this idea that um, our, our communities and our nation is inherently racist, I just don't see the evidence of it. I, I, like I said, I've lived here in the Valley uh, for 10 years. I worked on the north side of Milwaukee, near north side of Milwaukee, uh, for years as a medic. And that part of the city is, is like 95% black. And I, I would go an entire shift and hardly see any white people where I worked. It was almost all blacks. Again, we would show up and, you know, even though me and my partner were white, uh, there was there was respect given toward us. Uh, we respected the people that, that we served uh, on the job. I didn't see, and this is back, <laughs> this is back in the 80s and 90s, I just didn't see 
the kind of hatred and friction that the mainstream media is pushing. I've lived in a lot of areas where uh, there's a lot of uh, racial diversity, and I really haven't seen or witnessed uh, the kind of racial tension that they say is just inherent in our culture. It's everywhere. You can't avoid it. Right? You can't. You can't even stop being racist. You, you don't even know you're a racist. Like, yeah, really? You're so I'm racist. Kind of you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind and I'm polite and respectful to people of different races, and yet somehow I'm just being racist and I don't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know. They're, they're I literally arguments. got it. I literally got accused of that. Like, you're so racist, you don't even know it. You, you're you so immersed in racism, like, you have no idea how racist you are. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Are you really kidding me right now? So we have some news in Georgia, and it's actually, uh, it's anti-news. Anti-news. It's anti-news. So Judge Amaro uh, heard the... Uh, motions to dismiss in Georgia. What that is about is there are two uh, lawsuits that have been filed in Georgia regarding the 2020 election. First one, the plaintiff is uh, <clears throat> Garland Favorito. He's an election worker. He's actually been working in the Fulton County election system for like 20 years. He brought a lawsuit where he is asking to look at uh, forensically examine the ballots because he has a pile of affidavits of, of witnesses who say that they found fraudulent ballots in the election. So he's filed a lawsuit to look at the ballots. The judge has ordered uh, that he can examine the ballots. And then the defendants in the case, Fulton County and, and some other uh, public officials, they filed motions to dismiss. So the judge heard the oral arguments today on motions to dismiss that case. He has not issued a ruling. He's going to take it under consideration. Same thing has happened with, uh, there's another lawsuit <clears throat> where the different plaintiffs, they're seeking to get uh, Ruby and her daughter uh, Shay to testify. They're the ones who were um, scanning the ballots multiple times. Um, there was motions to dismiss that case, and judge heard uh, oral arguments from the attorneys to dismiss for that. Again, he's not issuing a ruling today. He's taking it under advisement, and he'll issue a ruling at a later later date. So kind of anticlimactic this morning in Georgia. But uh, there's, there's a lot of election news, I think, that's going to potentially break this week. Um, here break in America, the internet. County, yeah, break the internet. Well, I think that's coming. I had an interesting dream last night. This just in solar <laughs> flares on the way. Yeah. Uh, in a dream I had this morning, radio stations, it's again, these the dreams that I get are a little bit um, symbolic, but I saw something like radio stations, um, and there was a question about the specifications for the how they did their broadcasting so transmitter frequency how many watts of power they put out and all this information and i'm not exactly sure if it was radio stations but it was uh stations that communicate 
to the to the mass audience. Whether it was TV or radio, I don't even really know. It seemed in the dream like it was radio. And someone was going uh, and verifying all of this information for these broadcast networks. The relevant part of the dream was that um, none of this information had changed over the course of time. They did a, a recheck of all this information and it was the same information as the, uh, that was there the last time they had checked, but it had been years since they had checked. In, in the intervening time period, uh, all that information had become irrelevant. No one cared about it. And all of a sudden it was relevant. Okay, so information, uh, specific information about broadcast networks that had been irrelevant for years suddenly became relevant and they needed to re-verify all of this information. Uh, I had a dream, let's see, today's Monday. I think this was on Friday night where celebrities were unable to communicate with their fans and no amount of troubleshooting was able to fix the problem. <laughs> now, so how do most celebrities communicate with their fans? Social media. Yeah, Facebook pages, Instagram pages, YouTube channels. Uh, but they weren't able to uh, communicate with their fans. Just disruption of service. And they did all kinds of troubleshooting and nothing could fix it. So I'm having these, I'm having uh, lately the last two weeks, I'm having more dreams about disruption of uh, communications, social media, that sort of thing. Um, I suspect <laughs> that when the information comes out, about the Arizona audit and if Pennsylvania does an audit, other states do audits or if they do forensic examination of the ballots. And it turns out that Joe Biden was not a legitimately elected president. I think they're going to have to take down some, some social media platforms. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm getting more and more convinced that that's coming. Another reason so, to head over to cloud hub, cloud autonomous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a bad idea to to establish your presence on some social media platforms that are not likely to take you down. Uh, I, I don't know if you caught wind of this over the weekend, but I did a live video broadcast on Telegram this weekend. What? Yes. How do you do that? Video. Video. So let me let me explain what that's about. Um, I, Telegram has been kind of behind uh, the pack on rolling out live video. And I think I know why that is. Um, it's a different philosophy for, for bringing technology uh, out to the public. So Jeff Brain with CloudHub, what he likes to do is he will get uh, some technology, some, uh, you know, a tool, a service, rather it's you know, video or live streaming or, or groups or chats or whatever, he'll kind of get it to where it's functional and then he'll roll it out and make it available and then they'll tweak it as they go and make it better. It's, it's not always uh, uh, optimized and ideally functional when it's rolled out, but then it gets better. What Telegram seems to do is they tend to perfect technology first internally and then they make it public. So uh, Telegram has been behind everybody else on rolling out the video conferencing and the, and the live video. All right now, Jeff told us 
uh, on that live broadcast a couple weeks ago that CloudHub is going to roll out live video conferencing where you'll a host will be able to do a video live stream and then they'll have people in the chat that can raise their hand that you can uh, unmute them and then they can come on and they can uh, talk discuss ask questions live on the live stream they'll be on audio but the presenter is on video sort of like um, traditional zoom video conferencing or webinars where the yeah. presenter is live they're on video and all the audience is listening and then the presenter can then unmute people and, and they can go on audio and they can ask questions, right? Yeah. That's how most of this technology develops. Well, Telegram now has that capability in beta. I installed the beta version of Telegram 7.8 on my phone. Telegram has had for a long time, they've had audio chats where you can go live and you're on audio and you can have a discussion you can you can do a presentation, but then in the you see in the chat all the people that are listening, and then people can raise their hand if they want to want to talk, and you can then unmute them and they can talk. Well, that's Telegram's had that on audio. Now they have it on video. Oh, that's awesome. So on on the beta seven point eight version of Telegram, you can start a live chat and toggle between your microphone or your camera. On your phone it's not available on iphone right now it's only for android and it's in beta and you have to install the beta version of it i tested it out on saturday and i did like a uh, probably a 10 minute video live stream most of the people that were on the chat could only hear the discussion to them it was an audio chat but i could see my camera i could see my my video screen there and i was broadcasting on video on telegram doing a live a live chat um, i would imagine in a future update of telegram they'll then incorporate that and make it available to everybody so it looks like telegram is going to have video live streaming with live chat and you can like i said let people jump in ask questions comment whatever and it, and it looks like it's coming pretty soon that's gonna be awesome yeah so that'll be a game changer you know, if, if, if you get booted off DLive <laughs> or, you know, whatever else, we don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's good to have, um, I think it's good to have options. And I would just I, like I'm, to say that, uh, that I've been live and streaming here for almost an hour now with no issues because I haven't said any of the words I was saying the first four attempts to broadcast this morning. Huh. Hmm. I wonder if there's a correlation uh, between saying certain things and getting bounced. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You know, we ha we're, ultimately we have to end up on a platform where we can say what we want to say without having to dance around and, and avoid certain words. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the, the guys and gals who have been doing election, um, uh, I, I guess I would say election fraud uh, broadcasts on YouTube, live streams, Behizzi, uh, Nick Moseder and those guys, they're getting hit from YouTube pretty hard. Uh, mm -hmm. At least one of them is has been banned. They've got a lot of videos taken down. And these guys are have relatively small accounts. But they're, YouTube, the deep state, is in a panic. And they want to shut up anyone who's talking about election fraud. Yeah. So if we're, if we're going to talk about certain things, uh, we're going to have to do it off of 
<laughs> oh my gosh, look at this. Look at this. I don't even know if we're still live, Dave. You just pause. Oh my gosh, man. We just said a buzzword and it's gone. <sighs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. You cannot make this stuff up. I don't even know if I'm still streaming. Am I? I am. Dave, they froze you. Oh my gosh. There you go. There you just saw it happen. You just saw that happen in real time. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you guys, we're freaking winning. We're winning. Look, they just took Dave's signal down. They just took it down. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And listen, this is why we got to continue to speak up. This is why, listen, we're just two guys. We're just a couple guys. We're American Patriots. We don't want to be in this fight anyway, right? But we're in it, so this is what we do. But this is why it's so important for the American people to stand up because your voice definitely matters. And if you don't think it matters, watch and see what just happened. Or check out the previous four attempts I had to broadcast this morning. They do not want the information getting out. And they'll take anybody down that says it. But, you know, we're, we're stubborn. We're dependent on God, not on a social media platform. But look. Look at this. This is what just happened. Dave's still with us, but, I mean, he's uh, he's frozen. That your voice matters. And and listen, guys, I would have loved to have met more of the American people. I would have met I would have loved to have gotten to spend time with you guys, to capture it, to to get to to get that American spirit on, on video like Miguel Fournier and I wanted to do. But I tell you what, the American spirit showed up in the media room and it was the moms and dads that we talked to that had the greatest impact. And you know what? They were just like, We're just parents. We didn't want this fight. This fight came to us, and we, we weren't afraid. We stood up, we made our voices heard, and we're making a difference. It's up to all of us. Stop putting all of our, our, our eggs in, in, in the Trump basket, in our secret patriot insider friends basket, and anybody else to come and save us. It's up to us. It's we the people. We have all the power. We have all the power. And I think they're starting to see that at the school board level, at the city level, at the state level. They're recognizing and they're realizing how powerful they really are. America, it's up to us. We're the ones that are going to do it. I could not be prouder to fight with you guys, to serve with you guys, and to save this country with you guys. So, yeah, I'm still 5 by 5 and Medic's gone. Because <laughs> he said certain things that you can't say. But, guys, listen, I'm going to get out of here. I'm cutting it over to Dilly. Um, guys, I'll be back tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure that you come and check out Medic Monday again next week. And, uh, guys, make sure to keep Jen in prayers this week. She's got surgery on Wednesday, so I would appreciate it if you lift up my family for that. And uh, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. I love you too, Dave, even though you're frozen. <laughs> you're the chosen frozen. But I love you guys. God bless your day. I'll see you back here again on uh, on the morning. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm like frustrated and amused at the same time with the uh, the interruptions of the broadcast today, but it just lets me know that we're over the target. 
And uh, let's take back that other word, too, renegades. Go out there and get it done, America. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.